Join us throughout the entire month of April as we celebrate 35 years of wishes here at Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley. This week, we chat with Danny Lieberman. In 1986, Danny was one of the co-founders of Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley when it was established in Mount Kisco, New York. Danny served as a volunteer, board director, and also donated time at Make-A-Wish America as part of their national board of directors. Here is Danny Lieberman. Danny, welcome to the Wish House Podcast. How are you doing? Thrilled to be here. Good to see you again. Likewise, yeah. I mean, we were just talking beforehand that, you know, we tend to chat every five years to kind of recap on how things are going at the chapter. Um, I always love talking to you because you have you bring a, a certain perspective of, you know, the early stages of how we started. And that's actually kind of where I want to begin before we kind of go into everything else is, how did you first hear about Make-A-Wish? Um, and from that first hearing about it, how did it turn into being one of the chapter's founders? Um, I heard about Make-A-Wish through a friend who had heard about it in the Million Dollar Roundtable. He came to me as a local business person, um, knowing uh, people in the community, and I was tasked with putting the original group together, um, the Coens, the Babbages, uh, Martin Stone, and people in the community who would... Um, uh, initially be the uh, founding board and getting it going. Um, we needed space. So um, I was thrilled uh, to donate space behind my then uh, uh, food store in Mount Kisco. We bought, we got one uh, phone line. Uh, the address was uh, Make-A-Wish of the Hudson Valley, care of Danny's Cheese Shop. And, you know, off we went. We didn't need, we didn't need an office. We didn't need um, phones, we just, you know, make a wish, uh, 666 wish and, and off we went. It wasn't about, uh, the people. It was about recognizing that we could make a difference in the, in the life of a child. And as soon as, as a group, we, we realized that, um, we were beginning to, uh, paperwork and, you know, obviously all the I's needed to be dotted and the T's crossed, but, that was done quickly, efficiently, effectively. Um, Lichtenstein got involved doing legal legal work, and and off we went and uh, granted our first five wishes. Oh, uh, I would say my memory serves me right. Within six months of of hearing about the organization and and getting it going. Yeah, and that's actually a great point because for our listeners that are hearing this story for the first time. You know, one of the things that I want to share is that back in 1986, when we were first established, which our actual birth date or anniversary date is April 3rd, 1986. Prior to that, you guys had formed, you know, this group of local leaders that wanted to have a chapter of Make-A-Wish in the Hudson Valley. And in those early stages, that, that those conversations started in what, 84, 85, I believe. And you actually had started those, though you actually started working on your, on the first few wishes before our incorporation in 1985, from what I recall, right? From our history? That's correct. Um, you know, I wouldn't recommend it. And when I moved on to Make-A-Wish of America and, and Make-A-Wish um, internationally, you know, those kinds of things are very important. You know, people are caught up in wanting to grant the wish, but it's got to be done properly. It's got to be done efficiently, effectively, legally, morally. Um, it has to be done right. In, in those days, um, when we interviewed a child, we would just 
take them to a restaurant. I mean, we would do things that we would never do today, um, but, it, but we were new. We were part of a network of people that were only at that point, uh, if my memory serves me right, we might've been 15, 14 chapters at that point. Uh, California and Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, Florida, uh, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and well, New York City was up, Long Island, Metney, um, and a Metro and, and Hudson Valley. And we were responsible initially for Westchester County. Then we went up into the Newburgh um, area and uh, later our, our geographic got more set, but it was all about just wanting to grant wishes and, and raise the funds. And more importantly, um, raise awareness in the community because in those days, doctors were skeptical. People were skeptical to donate money. You know, why should a doctor just, you know, release medical records for to a group of people that are going to just send this kid to Disney or buy them a computer or, you know, we don't know that that's going to happen. And the worst thing you could do or one could do is disappoint a child. So we had we were up against, you know, media that we had to convince. WVIP radio was very good about spending, uh, sp spreading our message and the patent trader in those days and the, um, you know, newspapers that would come and see us. We were very big in those days going to Rotary's Lions, Kiwanis, you know, um, Ch Chamber of Commerce's, you know, we wanted people, don't forget people, you know, what's Make-A-Wish? I don't know. I, I make a wish. I, I mean, people just didn't know. And you had to explain and build that camaraderie and teamwork and harmony between the hospitals and the, the funders and um, the media and, and people that were going to execute the wish. So that was in the early days, it was very important, you know, printing a newsletter. Don't forget technology wasn't what it is, you know, today. So, you know, we couldn't just blast. I mean, we just we just didn't have that. So I remember merging my mailing list with Family Bridges in Chappaqua. Um, they still support Make-A-Wish and um, synergizing their mailing list with my mailing list. And we would send, you know, mailings out. I mean, you didn't have the Internet. So it was about spreading the word and building building awareness. It was great. I mean, it was just so much fun. And, and that's so interesting, Danny, because. You know, we're talking about a time in the mid 80s where the Internet wasn't what it is now. Now we're having this conversation over Zoom. We're presenting this episode as a podcast. I mean, this is where we are now, Danny. Can you believe it? I mean, did you think that, that this would be possible back in the mid 80s, that, that this is where we would be, not only as a chapter, but as an organization that, you know, we have all these platforms that we can do storytelling and we can share these inspiring um, stories and individuals that have helped you know, establish us as a chapter? Um, what do you think about that? Because I mean, it must be wild to see it from your end because you saw it early on, early on. It never um, in our wildest dreams or in my wildest dreams that this would become the international and have the international impact and, um, and have the, the voice, you know, for these children and these families, because after all, that's all it's about is the families and the child. And if we're not if we're not cognizant of that, then you know what are we doing? And it never occurred to us that you know even in the Hudson Valley, 
you know, when we did Bagel Day, we we did it in one railroad station. And the last year we did it, you know, we were at 70 railroad stations. I mean, the scope, we never thought that that it would be that. So I want to add to that because our listeners most likely have never heard of Bagel Day before. So Bagel Day was something that started back in the mid 80s, you know, when you guys were first establishing us as a chapter. Um, Bagel Day was an opportunity for us to connect with our community in, in a very unique way. We had bagels donated to the chapter. We would then have our team of volunteers that would go to all the train station stops along the Metro North, and they would be there with bagels, handing them out with newsletters to commuters. Well, actually, um, the first time we did it, um, we were doing it for the Boys Club of Mount Kisco because Make-A-Wish didn't even exist in those days. Then once I got involved in Make-A-Wish, we said, well, let's give out bagels in Mount Kisco and a newsletter. And actually, um, we delayed a train going from Mount Kisco to New York. And I got a phone call later in the day. You know, what are you doing? Because we got enormous um, public relations because we were on the shadow traffic um, uh, traffic weather report that morning that there's some guy and a group of people giving out bagels on the platform in Mount Kisco. This is madness, folks. And the trains were delayed because we gave to the conductor. And then it it morphed into, you know, being serious. And you never knew um, what would come of it. One day after bagel day, either two or three, a lady walked in my store in overalls. I never thought you know, what does she want? And she asked me to go into more depth about um, Make-A-Wish. So I did, and I went through it, and she said, thank you very much. And I thought, well, okay. The next day, her husband walked in the store and wrote a check for $100,000 from Saatchi and Saatchi Advertising, and they were one of our premier sponsors. And she just heard about it. So you never know who's watching. You never know who's willing to get involved. And it was just a wonderful experience of, you know, of, of a donation, you know, and spreading the word. And then, of course, as you said, we were on Metro North and the, and the Connecticut line and, you know, all the way up to and the Porchester line. I mean, it was great. And, and the awareness kept going. And we realized, you know, give out a newsletter so we could build our volunteer base. And it was in, and it was just a wonderful experience, wonderful yeah. part in memory. It's one of my fondest memories when I first started at the chapter, because for the first, I believe, two years, I think we still were continuing the tradition of Bagel Day. And it kind of changed from bagels to then us giving out keychains. So it was still something. But it wasn't imperishable, uh, but it was something they were able to put on their keys and they had it as a reminder. Coincidentally, during that the latter part of when we were having Bagel Day, one of our biggest chapter supporters is WNBC's Darlene Rodriguez. And Darlene's found out about us through that newsletter that she received, you know, um, through her, someone that she worked with that she, it got to her desk. And that's how she found out about our local chapter was just through this, receiving this newsletter, you know, through this, this opportunity of us being able to connect with the community in that way. It's pretty amazing when you think about it, like you said. Everything is about relationships. Everything is, you know, having a caring, wonderful relationship between people. And you never know who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. And that's and that that's how it happens. And on the wish side as well, you know, that a doctor who tells another doctor, don't forget today, you know, make a wish is a household word. But it wasn't in those days. I mean, it was 
it was new and it was people were scary and the families were nervous and the doctors were nervous and the media was nervous until I'm proud to say, you know, Hudson Valley, you know, <clears throat> we would always say if a child wants a goo goo, you find out what a goo goo is and you go get it, you know, right. because we work against nature's ultimate deadline and, you know, just get it done, you know, and, and that was the thinking. And, but we realized, and I've always realized we would get more than the families would get. When you give, you get, you know, the joy and the emotional satisfaction and the, and the peace of mind to know that you help somebody else. Um, my fondest memories, even in Make-A-Wish, and as you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I was involved with Make-A-Wish of America and, and Make-A-Wish, I was president of Make-A-Wish International, but my fondest memories, Make-A-Wish of the Hudson Valley. I mean, you know, that's when we, you know, that's where it's at. That's exactly where it's at. And we always mention that every orientation since I've, you know, before me and, and it will continue after me, you know, we always talk about how we were established in 1986. You know, we had a small uh, office space above Danny's Cheese Shop in Mount Kisco, New York. You're, you're part of the fabric of our history, man. And we're celebrating our 35th anniversary this year. You know, wow. It, it's, wow. it's one of those amazing things that we started from. A, a, a workspace the size of a closet to, you know, where we are now in our wish house in Tarrytown. It's absolutely amazing to see that and having families be able to visit us at the wish house and feel that connection. Obviously, once this pandemic is over, we'll be able to receive visitors again. But that's been one of the challenges. And it seems like our chapter through our history has always faced the challenges and met them and, ex and, ex and exceeded them. We've always been ready to rock and roll when we needed to uh, do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Just a bump in the road. Exactly. You know, we're dealing with children. We must make it happen. No, no issues. Just make it happen. I cannot tell you the emotion that I felt going to that wish house in Tarrytown the first time, you know, having known that we were, and when I tell you a closet with, with one telephone, I mean, that was it. You know, um, I was friends with Paul Silas, who was a, Fame was a famous basketball star, unfortunately for the Boston Celtics. Yeah. I'm a Nick fan. <laughs> and, um, and his wife volunteered for us to answer the phones, you know, and, and the Silas family was, you know, gave of, uh, gave of their time and he gave of his name. And, you know, that's what I hung on. And when I saw the wish house the first time, I mean, it's just a magnificent place. And, Frankly, I've seen quite a few of them throughout the world. And Hudson Valley, you know, it's it's good. It's real good. Yeah. And it's and it's efficient and it's organized and wonderful people. You know, um, it's just it's a wonderful memory and a wonderful experience that I get to say I shared. And I can say on behalf of the entire staff, you know, we stand on the shoulders of you and all the and the Blakes and all the others and the Waldmans and everyone else that was part of that early stages of our chapter. We stand on your shoulders because you guys really set the bar for us and we continue to, to try to meet it and exceed it every single year. Um, you know, we try to beat ourselves in a sense, you know, and we're always and, and one of the biggest challenges, you know, re the reality is that, you know, we went from in-person wish visits to completely pivoting to virtual wish visits this past year with the pandemic. You know, we've gone from granting all types of wishes to now no, to only being able to really grant, you know, local related wishes and no travel, both domestic or international. So, you know, we're, we're, in a, we're, we're in this like tough spot right now, but yet we're still chugging along. We're still doing what we can. 
Our volunteers are always stepping up, which I should preface this. I should say that volunteer, you guys did all of this as volunteers, right? I mean, this was, oh. you know, that's something to be clear, you know, for our listeners that aren't aware, you know, all of the board directors, all, everyone you've mentioned, all volunteering your time to get us established and get us started for many, many years. Zero paid staff. Zero. No, there was, oh no, there was no way. People donated. We donated the bagels in the beginning and I got a cream cheese company to donate cream cheese and no, no, oh no. The paper got donated and, you know, um, oh no, everything was donated, whether it was postage. And what we learned early on, actually I learned it from my, my mom, rest in peace. You know, I would want her to go and visit a wish child and she'd say, no, that's not for me but I'll, I'll stuff envelopes. And what I learned early on, which you clearly know, is let people do what they do best at the level they do it. So if somebody says, I don't want to be part of a wish, but you know what? I can get you radio time on, on NBC. No, that's, that's fabulous. You know, I can write articles for you. I can make a newsletter happen. You know, I can raise money. But, you know, and then there's other people that are just brilliant with the wish children and, and showing them the love, caring and, and, you know, the emotional support that they need. And we learned early on that we had to find the right volunteers, the financial people, the donation, the funding people, the banks. And, and now more than ever, you know, which I'm so proud of Hudson Valley that, you know, even though there aren't wishes happening, the soon as COVID clears, you know, I can only imagine, you know, the, the wishes that, that Make-A-Wish of Hudson Valley is going to have. And we have to make those happen. There cannot be an excuse. Right. We must make it happen. You know, just no, no reason at all to, well, COVID. No, no. We have to help these children. And that's one of those things that uh, those in the public may not be aware of is that we have, even though we shut down for the first couple of weeks in March of 2020, um, what ended up happening was uh, soon after that, we started granting wishes again. So we went you know, from that to doing room redecorations, doing outdoor play sets, doing you know, above ground pools and things like that. And, and so we kind of went back to our normal cadence of granting wishes, obviously at a lower clip because we weren't doing travel anymore for the time being. However, we still were granny wishes. We never stopped. So that's a testament to our volunteer base is a testament to our founders that kind of instilled that in our chapter and that kind of just go get them kind of style. So um, yeah, it's, it's really, really, truly amazing. I want to go back a little bit and talk about, you mentioned your relationship with Make-A-Wish America and also your relationship with Make-A-Wish International. So for our listeners, tell them a little bit about your, what you did over at Make-A-Wish America and obviously how that translated over to Make-A-Wish International. Well, I was very involved, obviously, with Hudson Valley. And, um, and I, as I, I realized it early on that we needed the organizational side to be as efficient as the wish-granting side. And I got involved with Make-A-Wish of America and actually ran, uh, I'm proud to tell you, I was chairman of the 1989 National Convention. Um, and at that time, I was elected to the Make-A-Wish of America Board of Directors and was put on the development committee, which meant things like the old stars on ice, 
program with Discover Card and Chiefs Auto Parts and the, our, our, in our national vendors at the time in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, and I believe in 1991, I became chair of the development um, committee of Make-A-Wish of America. Um, and then because of traveling, um, I was invited to um, get involved in Make-A-Wish of Israel, uh, Make-A-Wish of Alaska, although uh, clearly that was an American chapter. And um, I'm, I'm really honored to say that um, I was for two years the international president for Make-A-Wish Worldwide. And um, I can only tell you from the bottom of my heart, I learned and gained more than I could have possibly have given in meeting people from around the world and seeing how they granted wishes and how they interpreted the medical forms and the fundraising forms. Um, and then I realized after my turn as international president that I had been involved for some 20 something years and I did one more thing. And for 16 years, I connected Make-A-Wish with my, my personal passion of music. And I took kids, a hundred of them every summer to Europe to perform throughout Europe, their music and their jazz. But we always granted a wish. And we were responsible for granting a wish for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Austria in Vienna. We've granted a wish in France, in Belgium, in UK. And those kids are now 20 years older. Some have become pastors and fundraisers and charity CEOs, not just not necessarily with Make-A-Wish, but in all honesty, that's not what life is about. If, if you want to go save the manatees, that's a wonderful contribution to humanity. You know, not everybody has to be involved in Make-A-Wish, although you and I would think we do. But right. And I realized then at that point, it was time for me to do my 16 years of the band trip and show kids what Make-A-Wish and we would perform at the Akaha AKH Hospital in Vienna, which is Europe's largest children pediatric hospital. And we would share our music and grant a wish. And then it was time for me to do what we always thought in the beginning. You know, we need to go to give way to the younger generation. We need to give way to the new ideas, to rather than bagels, the keychain. You know, it, it was good at the time. The office was perfect at the time, but we need to grow and we need to scale it. We need to, to reach more families and more children and more doctors and more funders. And, you know, we were on, you know, WVIP radio, but, you know, NBC radio is a bigger network and we didn't have those connections. And that's where I salute, you know, all Make-A-Wish chapters, but clearly, you know, my favorite, you know, Hudson Valley in realizing um, that we needed to grow. And part of growth is knowing when it's your turn to step aside. And that's what I tried to do. And now I just sit back, you know, retired and, and with enormous pride enormous pride of of what Hudson Valley has done and you know obviously when you call me whatever you need I'm there but you know I don't want to be that you know backseat driver you know that's that's not what it's about it's it's so much bigger than that and you know for me make-a-wish means harmony you know make-a-wish means the conduit of the soul for me it's it, it's never really been about the wish the wish was a part 
of a bigger opportunity to change humanity. And if we could get, you know, we're not going to clearly get into politics, but no matter what political side you're on, if those people, all of them, granted a wish and saw what we can do in changing a life, the world would be a better place. Make a wish can change the world. And we have changed the world. And we need to convince the world that organizations like Make-A-Wish change humanity for the good. And we can really be a conduit of the soul. And harmony isn't just about music. It's about giving the wish and sharing the wish and being a part and blowing up the balloons or meeting them at the airport or driving the limo you get so much more. I feel so selfish in that I feel I gained so much more from Make-A-Wish than I could ever have given to Make-A-Wish. And that would be my message to the listeners. Get involved, not to help the kids. Get involved to help yourself. You'll feel great. It's a feeling that you, you can't feel unless you've given. And that would be you know, my message. When you give, you receive, and you receive. I've been blessed to receive so much more than my little piece in, you know, that those early years. And I salute what you're doing from the bottom of my heart. I salute what you're doing. Thank you, Danny. And 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 really, you know, when you mention harmony, I think immediately to music, obviously. Um, and with music, you have your high notes and your low notes. And with life. It is a song, you know, our life, it's kind of, it has its chorus, it has its verse, it has, you know, the high notes and the low notes, right? And, and I think that's what you're, you're personifying right now, what you're saying is that, you know, we, we have an opportunity right now to connect members of our community with our local chapter here at Make Wish Hudson Valley to really get involved. And it, it takes as simple as an email um, and we can get them started. You can pick up the phone call. We have more than one phone now, thankfully. Uh, so, you know, we, well, somebody will definitely pick up. We even have a phone tree now. So that's amazing. Uh, so, you know, you have all the ways that people can get involved. You can check out our show notes in the episode, um, description. So you can find out how you can get involved. And, and before we go on to the next uh, topic, Danny, I had a quick question for you. Cause it's one of the things that we reference a lot at our chapter, because it was the first wish that we granted as a chapter officially on paper for those that are listening in the first wish that we granted as a chapter was for a child that wanted to go see the Nutcracker on Broadway, just to kind of give you some context as to how long ago this was. Um, so do you have any recollection of that particular wish of how that even came about or you know how it was granted at all? Because we have very little information outside of just you know the you know verbal you know history that we get to have you know every few every few years. So the um, I was not involved in that wish. My first wish was to uh, early before that, I believe. Um, but it might have been at the same time. Uh, Joey from Newburgh wanted to go to Czechoslovakia at the time to visit his grandparents before they before they died. And then we also had a wish where uh, a child wanted to meet the president of the United States and um, the Bush and the Bushes. And um, that happened. I have information about that wish. So that child, his name is David. He ended up growing up and becoming a lawyer. He lives actually down in Florida. Um, and he, it's interesting because his wish was to meet uh, George Bush, the, the, the first one, uh, what was that? George Bush one. Bush one, exactly. 
And so he got he got to meet him. Had a, we have some great photos of that. We'll be sure to share that also in the show notes so you guys can take a look at it. But talk talk about how that kind of worked because back then it was very different than how we grant wishes now. You know, just for for our listeners to give you some insight. Whenever we have a celebrity wish, we go we work very closely with our uh, national office, Make Wish America, and so they have Correct. a whole team there. That we didn't have any of that at that point. Right. We, um, we would de- we would have wishes where they would want to meet. Um, you know, basketball stars or football stars or baseball stars. It, everybody was kind of on their own then because the synergy and the organizational part of the national organization, you know, wasn't where it is today. Now you have a whole infrastructure for that. But in those days, you know, it, an airline ticket or uh, to get somebody to Washington to to visit the president. No, we were just all volunteers Go well, who can do this and and you know what it was just when you were talking about the volunteers we would just pick up the phone and make a make a phone call i mean it really was it wasn't as intricate as one would think you know people don't realize what they can contribute to the organization so when we i didn't work on that wish uh steve and cynthia did but and they worked with david and they became friends with him they're still friends to this day and his family's involved in hudson valley but in those days, the whole system was different. The interview system was different. And we kind of were figuring it out as we went. And we would just know this is what we needed. You know, I remember a wish was told to me needed to happen in three days. And I was like, well, we can't get a kid to Florida in three days. Well, the doctor says we have to do it because the child has to be back in the hospital in a week. Well, what do you say? Well, I'm sorry, I can't make it happen. No, you get the airline ticket. I remember family britches chipping in and give us, giving us clothes and, and a limousine service gave us the limo and we got the airline tickets. And you know what? And I remember meeting the family on the New York State Thruway, uh, exit 24. Never forget it. Didn't know who they were. They didn't know who I was. Handed them the airline tickets and here's what you're doing and off they go. And it all happened that wish because People were willing to make a phone call. Back to what you were saying about volunteers. People have to make that phone call to to make a wish because they don't know what they're able to give. You know, they think, oh, I I can't, I can't make a difference in make a wish. Look at the size of the donations. Look at the scope of what they're, no. It all happened by the little bricks that everybody puts their brick in. And maybe somebody wants to just call up and say, well, you know what? I'll do registration at the next golf tournament. Well, that's great. I mean, that's fabulous. We, we want those, vol- we need those volunteers. And, you know, somebody might say, well, I'm not speaking publicly. I just want to be in the background. That's great. You know, so again, I echo what you said, make that phone call, send that email to Hudson Valley and say, and be honest, say, I'm nervous. I don't know what I could do. And I'm sure you'll put them through the volunteer, invite them to a volunteer meeting and they'll get, they'll see, you know, videos and they'll find their place. They will find, you know, find their place. And, you know, E.G. Marshall got involved, rest his soul, and Arthur Ashe the tennis player, you know, we had a a famous, I don't even know if it's still there. There's a bowling alley in Armonk, New York. And we had our first stars and strikes and we had famous stars and we had a bowling day 
And, you know, we had E.G. Marshall and Arthur Ashe and Paul Silas and uh, Rod Gilbert from the Rangers. I mean, these are old, old names, but, you know, everybody got involved. I remember Rod Gilbert saying, you know, I don't know what I can do, Danny. You know, I said, listen, there'll be a kid who loves hockey, you know, just sign a hockey stick and, you know, you can make a kid smile. And isn't, isn't that what it's about? I think it is. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting. You mentioned some of those early events, you know, like, you know, Stars and Strikes and, you know, Bagel Day. And what are some of the other events that you, that you kind of, along with the other founders of our chapter, kind of helped establish and have carried on since that you're aware of? I mean, because we obviously now, our present day, we have three major internal events, which include our Wish Ball, our Golf for Wishes, and also our Walk for Wishes, Walkathon. So those are our three kind of tentpole events. But for you guys back in the day, you know, what were some of those like events? That no, you- yeah, no. Our, our big event when we, we honored uh, the, a hospital in Newburgh um, and we, you know, those, those events were 150 people, you know, now I'm sure you, uh, well, I remember attending, you know, the 30th anniversary or 25th anniversary and, you know, there were hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, the golf tournament we had then was so much smaller. Um, and, and we really weren't able to do the scope. You know, we were out there, you know, beating the bushes to get donations in the early days. It wasn't as much about the funding as it was as spreading the word and going into hospitals and having our medical community to be honest, the money always found its way if we found the right people. You know, kind of what we learn in the Bible. You know, if you treat people right, you know, they're going to treat you right. And um, so fundraising events, I remember the bowling event. And, you know, obviously we talked about um, Bagel Day and we would have a dinner dance in those days. Um, we would, it was, it was much smaller scale. It didn't get larger, even on a national level. Right. You know, until for 10 or 12 years before the name, you know, I'm sure you, not, not people might not be aware. We actually changed the logo. It right. used to be, you know, the wishbone, you know, which is not a very good symbol like in Asia. And that was one of the reasons I was on the national and international board when we changed it to to the present logo, because we had to go and, and evolve and mature into that wishbone wasn't, it was great. Wishbone is a wonderful symbol, but not everywhere in the world. And we learned that. So we had a lot of growing pains. I have to say, I have to say my wish was granted in 1999 and my shirt still had the wishbone logo on it. It's since I started working at the chapter office, it's changed twice. So, um, you know, things like you said, we're always evolving. We're always growing. We're always changing our ways of how we're granting wishes, but still staying focused on what the wish is all about, which is providing a family and more importantly, the child with hope, giving them a sense of strength during a period of time that's very difficult for them. Um, And that's really what, like you said, what it's all about. When you think about a child and a family going through this difficult time, you know, when my oldest daughter was, was six months old, she was, she was ill. She got better. And, but, you know, we spent some time in New York hospitals and, you know, um, we got a taste of what the pain is about. And when families are going through this incredibly difficult time and you can step in and provide 
positive and uplifting and immediate, you know, support and comfort. Um, boy, that's, that's, you know, that's a mitzvah. That's a good deed. That's, that's a high honor. And, and what does it cost to just be nice and be there? Maybe when it's not convenient for you, but it's convenient for the family. Um, that's, that's what Make-A-Wish represents for me. And then, of course, granting the wish. But, you know, the anticipation of the wish, the memory of the wish. I mean, you remember your wish like it was literally yesterday. Absolutely. And the people that, that were involved in it and the people that helped you and, you know, showed that support. You know, I always say you got to you have to do something for somebody when it's convenient for them, not when it's convenient for you. Nobody's interested in what's convenient for the wish granter. It's not about them. And that's when you get that. Incre- well, you know, because you've been on both ends, all ends. You've been on the receiving end. You've been on the giving end. You know, you it doesn't get any. It doesn't get any better. People must call. They must get involved. You know, for themselves, as I said, not not for Make a Wish, not for the charity. But you'll feel good. What's wrong with feeling with, with feeling good? And speaking of good, let's switch gears and go on to our shooting star segment. So it's a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind. I'll throw out some questions at you, Danny. And I know you have a long history with our chapter, and it's maybe very difficult to pick one memory out of all of them. But what is your favorite Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memory that we haven't talked about yet? Watching the organization grow out of, out of my office, out of my store, the sense of pride knowing that it grew. And when I saw that you were continuing like Bagel Day, even with keychains and wasn't about bagels. It was about, you know, watching the growth for me and the numbers of wishes and the numbers of family. That was, that was special because I knew at that point we were on our way and that we could let go of the baby and we could pass the baby off, you know, to its, its teen years and its twenties and now in the thirties. And, um, it was a very proud moment. And for me, the memory watching that happen, that was, that was great. That was really great. That's amazing. And, and obviously you, you had your hands early on and even afterwards in, in your different roles with Make-A-Wish, you know, involved on a lot of different wishes. Out of all of them, you know, which would you say is your favorite wish that you either saw granted or have heard about over the years, maybe after your, your kind of more hands-on approach to, to Make-A-Wish? I actually was humbled by the wish that I'm going to tell you about. We granted a wish for a child who wanted to go to Disney. And um, I happened to be in Florida because I was living in New York at the time when that child was going to go to Disney. So I said, you know, um, I was a nine-year-old. And I remember saying, well, I'll meet you and we'll, you know, we'll have ice cream together and And we met the child, and I remember thinking that this child and family, or the mother, had actually committed fraud and had beaten us for a wish, that this child was not sick, and that I thought, because I remember it like it was yesterday, oh my God, 
this, this kid was running around Disney with more energy than I ever had or my children. And I remember for a split second thinking, you know what, this, maybe the doctor, I, I don't know, but it didn't feel right. And I remember going home and mentioning it to a friend and they said, well, you know, there's good and bad in all organizations and families and, and make a long story short, six weeks later, that child passed away. Mm. And I learned that, you know what, the power of that wish convinced me that I didn't even think the child was sick. Oh, the child was sick. The child passed away sick. And I learned, don't you, the, the power and the strength of what that child, because we didn't usually go on a wish. I'm sure it's the same way. It's the family's experience. But I happened to be there. So I was only there for like an ice cream. You know, I, I just met them and said, hello. I remember my daughters were with me. And we just, it's not what we would ordinarily do. But I learned the power and the strength of what that family had. And then I looked back with such enormous joy that, you know, no, this wish was definitely for real. And, you know, my mind went to a place it probably shouldn't have gone. But, but what I learned was <clears throat> what it is that Make-A-Wish represented for that family. I saw it firsthand. And yes, I granted wishes for kids traveling all over the world. And, but you know what? Nope. I learned with a with a a Disney wish and watching a kid <clears throat> go to give kids the world. I was friends with Henry Henry Landworth, the founder of Give Kids the World. And in 1989, we we honored him. He was our honoree for Make Wish of a, of America in Arizona, and I was honored to be friends with Henry. And I remember being with a child in in um, Give Kids the World. And on his way out, he was leaving to, for the day and a, a, a volunteer ran after him and said, oh, I think you forgot your, your blanket because you left it in the chapel. And the child had thrown it up in the clouds in the chapel. For those that don't know, there's a chapel at Give Kids the World and it's built with some clouds up in the top. And he threw the blanket up in the top and he said, I wanted my blanket to be in heaven when I get there. And it was very powerful for me that, you know, we think when we when he designed, you know, Give Kids the World and how beautiful that organization is in, in helping Make-A-Wish and granting organizations, people, I believe, need to feel firsthand the power of a wish, the strength of a wish. And, you know, some people would think they can only talk to people like you and you tell them, you know, what it felt like. But I disagree. People can open their eyes, close their mouth, open their ears, and just sit back and watch. And it, it really is an amazing story of 35 years in Hudson Valley. And, you know, hopefully it will be, well, ultimate would be, it would be great if Make-A-Wish went out of business and all kids could just be well. But, you know, that's probably not going to be a reality. So we have to keep going and we have to we have to make a difference in the in a in the life of a child. Shout out to Give Kids the World and Mr. Landworth over there who helped found that amazing place that really is has been a, a fantastic partnership since our 
creation, pretty much. We grew up together, you know, Gear Kids the World and Make-A-Wish. We've been strong partners right from the beginning. Um, which brings me to my next question with regards to wishes. So if you could have a wish, what would it be? And to give you some time to think about it, I'll remind our listeners that we have five formal wish categories that we grant. One is to go, two is to meet, three is to have, four is to be, and five is to give. So out of those five formal wish categories, Danny, which one of those wishes would you wish for? Um, I would wish that all of the people out there listening that aren't as familiar with Make-A-Wish as you and I are, that they would take some time out of their life and they would want a wish. And the wish would be to be a Make-A-Wish volunteer. And only so that they could experience what you and I have experienced. You know, people would say to us, how did you get paid when you worked for Make-A-Wish? I said, I never got paid. I got paid from God. You know, we got, we got paid in, in joy and tears and smiles. So my wish would be a wish for somebody else. And that would be that somebody listening would call you or call the office and find out what Make-A-Wish is about. But do it for themselves. The wish would be for themselves, not for a wish child. So because my life has been full. And my, my wishes have been granted. I have two wonderful, healthy daughters with three wonderful, healthy grandchildren and a wonderful wife and my music in my, in my life and having traveled with so many children throughout the world, allowing them to grant a wish for a child in Europe and, and meeting famous people and granting, you know, playing in jazz festivals. No, nope, I don't want anything. But what I would want if I was given that wish, which you just said I could have, I want people to experience what you and I have experienced, what our leadership has, has experienced. And the, the pay, the feeling of gratification can't, can't be measured. It can't be measured. That would be the wish that I would want. Incredible, Danny. And lastly, in one word, how would you describe Make-A-Wish? Harmonious, harmonious, because it, in order for music to be, have harmony, it takes parts, an orchestra, a band, a composer, somebody perform an engine, a musical engineer, a photographer, a videographer, a media, and, and Make-A-Wish for me is the same thing. Make-A-Wish is harmonious. It brings all kinds of people it doesn't matter their color, their gender, their politics, who cares? It's about one thing. Let's make a difference in the life of a child. And for me, that's harmony. That's harmonious. That's the conduit of the soul. It is, it is that deep for me. It is the conduit of the soul and harmonious. And to bring music, what is music? Sound? Music is, is to give to others, and that's what Make-A-Wish does. So Make-A-Wish in one word, harmonious. I love it. One of my favorite quotes, and since you love music, I'll mention it. One of my favorite quotes, it's from one of my all-time favorite artists. His name is James Ingram, and he <laughs> had a line, a lyric. It was like, music is what feelings sound like. You know, So all types of songs, 
they're gonna they 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 bring something out of what's inside of us, and and that's what we hope to accomplish with wishes that we're able to grant is that we're bringing something out in from the child that's giving them what they need in that moment to continue battling through their treatment journey. Um, that's going to give them the strength to move to to see another day to continue working towards you know where wherever they want to go in life. And so you know not only does it impact the family, but it impacts everyone around them, the community members, all those involved, like you mentioned volunteers, donors, chapter supporters, everyone is able to take part in the power of a wish. So Danny, special thanks to you for joining us today on our podcast and for sharing how your involvement with Make-A-Wish truly has helped to not only shape the chapter's future, but also help change the lives of hundreds of hundreds of children over the time that we've been around since 1986. So Danny, thank you. On behalf of the entire chapter, we can't thank you enough. I love you guys to bits, to the moon, and back. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We also invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Let us know how we're doing and any questions you may want us to add to our Shooting Star segment. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing us with our Wish House podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and stay healthy.